now coming to you live from atop the Lavender Town Radio Tower, it's the one, the only, Puckle Podcast. And welcome to the 544th episode of the Puckle Podcast. I am your host, Trainer Thatch, here today with my wonderful co-host. We've got, some might say, Lord Yashiro. Some say, hey, Puckle peeps. And then, of course, we, well, not of course, this is actually new. We, we've got the newcomer, uh, Shark Finnegan, joins the battle. Hello! I know, isn't that exciting? One of us, one of us. Yeah, we'll let him talk about himself <laughs> a lot more after I do my spiel, right? We're welcome to the Puckle Podcast. Puckles, of course, stands for the Pokemon Underground Champions League, a nonsensical name we came up in t- with in 2007. And we talk everything Pokemon, from the trading card game to the video game to everything in between. I am very happy to be here, though. But yeah, Shark Finnegan, new new co-host. Yeah, we can, like, it's like collecting uh, Pokemon cards at this point, right? <laughs> we captured a new go- co-host. Yeah, we did We did start doing that recently. Uh, we did that for, like, a hot second, like, a while ago. You remember that, Yashiro? Uh, when we were making We were making trading cards of everybody. <laughs> yep. I think I vaguely remember seeing something about that, but I just, like... Okay, it was a very short run. Right. It it was, like, a very, very short run, because the amount of labor that goes into doing that yourself, very high. I can believe it. Very high, because you have to, like... You find, like, the reverse holo cards in the TCG set, and then you essentially take acetone, or nail polish remover for the the non-scientists, and, uh... You go and you just like wipe off the ink from the cards because the kind of the cardstock that they use for the reverse hollows is different than like a normal Pokemon card. In that it's a little bit easier to like not dig into the paper. Right. So you can get the reverse hollows and then you like print the cards on transparencies and then you lay the transparency onto the card backing and then you have to like cut it and it's a lot of labor. Yeah. And, uh, (laughs) To get those done. I've seen a bunch of different type proxy stuff that I've seen online for yeah. different trading card games. So I I know there's a there's a lot of labor of love in going into some of those. Yeah, it's pretty rough and I am happy to not be doing it anymore. We only did I think we only did like three or four. Yeah. I think we did it there was a Thatch card, there was a Bosephus card, and there was a uh there was a Whimsicott card. And then there was and there was a green Taurus badge card. Ah, oh, got it. <laughs> and there's a trainer card for green taurus badge shamu actually did a really good job on the art for that actually speaking of green taurus badges by the way i think those should be coming this week in my mailbox oh really yeah that'd be super exciting for all the patrons yeah it's gonna at like the ten dollar tier for domestic patrons they can get it or at the uh yeah you gotta come up i gotta like actually calculate shipping for the for mm. the not domestic u.s people because international shipping is like an absolute mess yeah. the past couple yeah. years. Trust me, that's why I, that's what I work on, so I know. It's literally my least favorite thing. It is. Like, international shipping is my least favorite thing. But, like, I want people who are international to, like, have the opportunity to do it. But they're going to have to pay the shipping cost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it may just be that you just, like, any international is just like, 
DM you saying, hey, I want a green Taurus badge. Yeah. And then you just work it out through that and you figure something out. So like I, five years ago, I would agree with you. <laughs> One, because I was stupid. And two, because I, uh, I don't think we would have had as many people come after it. But nowadays we have so many people who will like come in and like want the green Taurus pin that like the five exceptions we might have now turns into 20 or 30. Right. And Mm. that's just enough to make it a nightmare. Yeah. And unfortunately, Patreon is like absolutely horrible for sending out product that you make and that Patreon doesn't make. I should make that clarification. Yeah. Mm. Because our like, they don't let you like export the addresses in like a nice format or anything. It's it's very bad. It's very very bad. Ooh. Well, it looks as uh, as long as they look pretty awesome. From the preprint, it does that. It, those are on Patreon. The preprints on Patreon. I'm just waiting for them to arrive at my doorstep, which should be. They said they would ship on May 11th. So May 11th, what? That's Tuesday. So or Wednesday. It's Wednesday. But then it's probably going to be like two day shipping, so it'll be here by the end of the week, which is good because I'm going to be in California this week. <laughs> anyway, no. Yeah, when you get back, right in time for the badges to show up on my front door, and we can talk about it next week on the show. It'll yeah. be great. But I, I've taken up too much time. We want we want to know more about Shark <laughs> and where he came from. So I guess just like tell people who you are and like how you found Puckle and give that quick spiel. And then everybody will just accept you as part of the show, and you've always been here. <laughs> <laughs> Give us the deets, Shark. All right. So the quick history is that I started, I found Puckle back, I want to say it's 2016. It was basically in the sun, I think, right around sun and moon. You've been here that long? I've been, I've been lurking, I guess, okay. so to speak, that because, long, I guess. To be fair, I have no concept of time anymore. But, like, that's, like, 2016's a while ago. Yeah. I just remember, I think it was, like, end of XY, beginning of Sun and Moon. It's, like, obviously, it's, like, new game come out. I just felt like I have long drives to work, need to find a Pokemon podcast. I tried a few, and this was the one that stuck. So, and I remember submitting, you know, a couple trivia questions through email when that was a thing. Yes, and then we stopped doing that very quickly. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I can understand that. <laughs> and then I think around Let's Go, I think I stopped listening just mainly because I was just not interested in Let's Go, and I just kind of fell off Pokemon for that smidge bit. Mm-hmm. But then right around Sword and Shield, I picked it back up again, and then I joined the Discord back in October of, I guess, 2019, I think, is when Swish launched. Yeah. I know you've been around for a while. I know you have yeah. been. Uh, I just don't... I have no concept of time. Like, people will be like, yeah, I did this in, like, 2014. I'll be like, wait, what? And I'll be like, I guess I've known you that long. And <laughs> Ever since I started full-time remotely, time is an illusion for me. I have no time what day it is. It's pretty much, like, after the point I stopped taking classes in grad school. Mm-hmm. It, like, it's just all, like, it all just melded together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's fair. And that's totally fair. Because I, I can say that same for me. Because, like, most of the time you're just like, ah, yes, that was the year I was also taking this course, uh, which was my junior year or whatever. And then you're just like, mm. Then after that, it just kind of blends together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it just all blends together. So, yeah, okay. Yeah, man, that's pretty. It was actually really wild the other week. 
I, I know he's listening probably, uh, but Casey from WTPT, like way back in the day, showed up in our server and uh, we had a pleasant Ooh. conversation. Like I, I, one, I really admire him. He's still doing podcasting, by the way, which is really, really cool and impressive. They're, they do a one just like on the Switch. Uh, it's called Switchcast or something like that. So I'll, I'll give him a plug for free. And <laughs> no, it, it was really awesome hearing from him. That was a blast from the past, though, too. That one I actually have dates for, though. <laughs> And comprehend the passage of time for, unlike this. <laughs> Anybody that shows up in Puckle past the year of, like, 2015, I just have no concept of when yep. they actually joined. <laughs> but yeah, I basically joined right a Swish, and then from there, it was, I won the UUTC the, for the first launch of, of Sword and Shield, and then ended up doing Draft League, ended up becoming an admin for it. Uh, just kind of mm-hmm. been helping around the server. Now, mm-hmm. kind of on and off regular on the Battlecast, and now you're here. You fully evolved. Yeah, now I'm here. You fully evolved. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> we did it, team. Now this is a shark. He's he's been here the whole time. Yeah, pretty much. He's been here the whole time. Going back to what you said, real quick. Yeah. Uh, are you saying that you lost your concept of time right around where Harambe died? Because that checks out. Uh, I mean, that might actually be true. I don't know. Uh, that that could be right. That could be true. The timeline matches. 2015, we're around there. Are so. you telling me that this has all been a dream? Is that what you're trying <laughs> to tell yeah. me? Oh, okay. <laughs> no, this has all been a it's nightmare. It's all a dream. Puckle ended years ago. <laughs> yeah, Puckle's... I've been in a coma for the past uh, seven years. <laughs> I have no bad concept of the passage of time. PA Puckle, post-apocalyptic Puckle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pokemon Underground <laughs> Champions League. <laughs> All right. Well, this is a good place to kick it on over to the news, though. So uh, let's cue that epic music. And welcome to the news in the news. We've got pretty much nothing because this week was Golden Week in Japan. Yeah, it is a very big holiday week in Japan. Spring break, I guess. Uh, We got new art for the next arc of the Pokemon anime. It shows that Elaine is coming back, which is kind of cool, as well as like some other champions of each region. Diantha. Grookey is also at Build-A-Bear. I know everybody was waiting for that. Oh, going to... Yeah, no, that's... I'm honestly very jealous and uh, regretful that I never went to Build-A-Bear to get my Eevee. So I totally understand. I think you could still do that and order it that way, but it's like, if you order it online, you get the sound guaranteed for the Pokemon. And most of the stores don't tend to carry the Pokemon sounds. So if you want your Grookey to actually make a Grookey sound or Eevee to make Eevee sound, then you have to kind of order it online. With, like, the bundle where it comes okay. with a bunch of other stuff. But I think you still can get it filled. You think you still get it. You have you basically take it to a Build-A-Bear to get it filled, put the heart in and all that stuff. I did it for Pikachu when it first happened. And then I realized I didn't want to do it again. <laughs> I need I need an Eevee one. It's on my to-do list. But other to-do list is in Unite, which, by the way, guys, if you are not <laughs> playing Unite, I 
ask to come back everyone uh is coming back the matchmaking has been great it lasts it's like you you hit go and in two seconds you're in a game but unite is having a great comeback with a big update which we discussed last week but now we are entering a zone where we are finally seeing teasing in the marketing for espion the next challenger coming to unite um this uh it should be coming out this weekend so uh and you should expect that uh, Espion to drop on May 16. On Friday uh, of last week, we did have a new update with new events uh, and new rewards. So uh, if you haven't tried out Unite or you maybe tried out when it came out and didn't stick, give it another try because the game definitely has uh, made some great improvements in it. So I'm enjoying it. I'm playing nonstop. It's great. Especially when you have friends. It's just, it's um, on your own playing solo might be difficult. But hey, if you're part of Puckle, you have a friend always or someone always ready to play. So uh Come join us. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I guess Pokemon Go. That's you, Shark. Uh, so, uh, the big thing coming up this week is, uh, starting Thursday, May 12th, the Water Festival will begin, which should be putting, uh, Tapu Fini into raids. Uh, there are some, you know, you can sneak into the data mine and some stuff that potentially will probably get Dupiter into the game, which will be super exciting. And also, I just saw that there is a potential assets for a Lapras wearing a bow tie that I would assume might be part of this, you know, part of just like a three-star raid or something. So mm, I could see it. It's called, it's officially, I think, or at least referred to on the Silk Road as Drip Lapras. Drip so. Lapras? <laughs> <laughs> no, right? <Ooh. laughs> All right. Uh, that's it for the news, but we do have a Pokal's Pokey prediction. With the sales data mm-hmm. releasing early this week, or pro- probably early this week, because we get the sales data uh, about a month after the quarter ends for every Nintendo cycle. So the end of April happens. So we should be getting sales data for quarter two uh, Nintendo games here in the near future. We we have a question. <laughs> Will Legends Arceus enter the top 10 Switch games? To do that, it does need to be out Ring Fit Adventure, which still amazes me that that's a top 10 game. Uh, which last reported at 13.53 million. Do we think that Legends Arceus will break into the top 10? Absolutely. And the reason why I feel this, not because, uh, other than because the incredible hype that this game had when it was coming out, but also, uh, and this is on an, uh, obviously anecdotal, but in my Facebook page, I have a lot of old friends that are not, you know, Pokemon fans, uh, might be gamers, but not for Pokemon, uh, people. And everyone was playing this game everyone all of my friends non-pokemon friends were playing it i'm gonna go out on the limb though yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna just do it for devil's advocate purposes but also for the purposes that i think Mm -hmm. this is going to be interesting data in general because um let's say that it breaks into the uh into the top Mm -hmm. 10 yeah Uh, that would mean that it sold as almost as much as bdsp which had two versions, and Legends Arceus only had one. I think that's the bigger thing for me. Like, it, oh, that's true. That is actually a fair. That's a somewhat because uh, because Pokemon game sales numbers are inflated artificially by the fact that there's two versions. Because a lot of people will buy like the dual pack or both, and I I don't know that I I I'm very curious because these sales numbers will actually give us almost like a hard definitive answer and like what's the percentage of people buying both. Yeah, that's honestly fair. Uh, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go out on a, on a limb here. I really think, uh, that this game did so, is gonna do so well that I think it will, I think 
honestly, Legends Arceus is going to not only out get into the top 10. I think it's going to outsell Let's Go. I hope you're correct. I think given the timings and things, I think it's going to outsell Let's Go at this stage. I don't know if it'll do it by this point. I think it could do it. I could realistically see Legends Arceus outselling Let's Go by the end of this year. For sure. Uh, For sure. For sure by the end of this year. I want to say it's going to happen. I'm going to go. I'm going to be ambitious and say it's going to outsell it now. Uh, That's very ambitious, I think. (laughs) But I I think it will. I think it will outsell it. I do agree. Um, And in though the point that that you're saying is that's an incredibly good point. I do see also because of the extent that this went outside of the normal Pokemon fandom. And a lot of people were just so curious because the hype behind this game and it was very memeable when it came out people were just showing photographs of all the crazy stuff that they were doing with the pokemon it got that hype all right so that's gonna be it we are gonna go ahead and kick it on over though to the puckles pokey quiz where we're gonna quiz your co-host on their insane pokemon knowledge Hello and welcome to the Poke Quiz, the part of the show where we quiz your co-hosts on their insane Pokemon knowledge. I'm Professor Snag with the rules. The co-hosts are working together as a team to answer five Pokemon-themed trivia questions that you, the listeners, have submitted on the Discord server. Each question is worth one point, with Pokedex and multiple answer questions worth more, for a total of seven points. The hosts can use a free hint at any time. If they get all the answers correct without using the hint, they can cash it in for an eighth point. And welcome to the quiz. Thank you for that introduction. We're going to go on ahead and we are going to ask you guys five questions and see how you do. Our first Let's question go. this week, our first question this week is going to be about Pokemon Go and it's going to come to us from Lambo. In oh. Pokemon Go, what are the only two Pokemon that cannot be used in trainer battles? Honestly, if you give me one, I'll probably just give you the point. But there's two. Uh, Ditto and Smeargle have to be it. I'm pretty sure. You would know. I, just, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> uh, I think it's Ditto because of the transform mechanic. And I think Smeargle because of the fact that it uses a bunch of... Uh, he has all those move stuff. And I Are you going to lock that in? You can't use it. Yeah, we'll lock that in. I don't think there there's anything else offhand. Uh, you got Ditto, so I'll give you the point. Uh, the other Yay. answer is Shedinja, actually, not Smeargle. Smeargle's alone. Oh, oh, Shedinja. Yeah, no, Shedinja. Yeah, no. Because of the one HP thing, they are in Wonder Guard. They don't have like a workaround for Wonder Guard, especially with Pokemon Go battles only allowing two moves per. Or I guess you could get up to three moves per Pokemon, but it's uh, yeah, it, it definitely makes Shedinja a bigger threat. <laughs> all right, so that's one for one, though. You guys are doing all right there. Our next question is going to come from, uh, we're going to go from Bam. What is the only two-stage evolutionary line where the first stage does not have a hidden ability, but the second stage does? Oh, my God. The other one was an anime question, and I don't know if you wanted that, Yashira. That's fair. So, what is the only, so it's a two-stage Pokemon where the first two don't the, have a hidden ability. Well, a two stage, two stage. So, uh, like, oh, okay. First so, form, second form, okay. right? Uh, state in TCG terms, stage one. Okay. Uh, so my first thought is thinking about Pokemon that have like levitate because they tend not to have a hidden ability with it. 
But mm. then they like the second one, they have to go sit on the ground. That's not a bad idea. That's not a bad one. Sure. Uh, I'm thinking, oh man, I, yeah, I'm, I'm useless in this question. I just have no idea. I'm thinking of baby Pokemon that maybe don't have anything when they're babies, but when they're evolved to the first form, they have a hidden ability. But the only thing that comes to mind is toxic, uh, toxicity. <sighs> What's its ability? I know, I it's know for amp- a fact, related, toxicity has three ability or two or three abilities. Yeah. But what is Toxel's ability? Exactly. I don't remember though. You do have the hint. He's gonna need an answer. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to need an answer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do you think, Shark? Should we go with... Uh, uh, ugh, what? I don't have no idea. I think idea. we could go with Toxel Toxtricity at this point, because I, I actually... Oh, so the so the second stage has the hidden ability, correct? Yeah, but yeah. not the first one. Okay, no, it's not that. So yeah, no, I think, to- uh, think Toxel is a pretty good choice. Okay. Toxel. Toxel is unfortunately incorrect, though I'm double-checking this, because I feel like I agree with you. I know, I feel like I agree with you, okay? Toxel does have a hidden ability, and it's Klutz. Wow, okay. But the answer is actually Ferroseed and Ferrothorn. Never would have gotten uh, only has Iron Barbs, and it doesn't get anything else. And Really? Yeah, and then Ferrothorn can get Anticipation. And how do you get really? a Ferrothorn with Anticipation if you don't have a Ferrothorn huh. with a Hidden Ability? That's a great question that I don't know the answer to. Uh, well, you can do it now with uh, Ability Capsules, but oh, it right. is uh, Gen 6 onwards. It didn't have the Hidden Ability in Gen 5. So basically, if you wanted a Ferrothorn with the Hidden Ability, it had to be a gift one, an event one? Uh, that's a great question. I don't know the answer to it. I feel like you could have caught it somewhere itself, okay. and it could have had the Hidden Ability. Okay. Actual Ferrothorn, actually, I'm looking at it. I don't see actual Ferrothorn being catchable, uh, in, except in, until Sword yeah. and Shield. So I don't yeah. know. This wow. is a great question, Jushiro, yeah, and is. maybe it's... a trivia question for next week. <laughs> right? Because, yeah, I'm looking. I'm like, I'm trying to think. How do you even yeah. get a anticipation Ferrothorn? Uh, right. Illegally, yeah, of course. Like, <laughs> that's what that's I mean. That's a great question. I don't know the answer to you it. You can't even... Yeah, Jordan Chill's the first time you can actually just catch a Ferrothorn. Catch a Ferrothorn, wow. right? And that's when the Ability Castles yeah. came out. Yeah, like, All right. Yeah, I think... Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. Next question, though, is going to be your Pokedex entry question. This is okay. going to be from Relax on Snorlax. This is... Uh, mm-hmm. You get one try, and then if you get it wrong, you get another. But this one is has its Ultra Sun entry, and it states, Its jaws are strong enough to crush rocks, but so heavy that it can't get up if it flips over. Sandile sees those moments as their chance. Who's that Pokemon? Uh, th- uh, Can you repeat it one what? more time? Dex entry, is it? Uh, Ultra Sun. Its jaws are strong enough to crush rocks, but so heavy that it can't get up if it flips over. Sandile sees these moments as their chance. It's a turtle. Uh, it might be Trapinch. Mm, but it's not that heavy. And it sounds like it might be a turtle, because turtles can't roll over. I first thought it was, you know, I thought at first it was a Dreadnought and whatnot, but that that's that, that's Gen 7, so I mixed it up. Yeah. I know you can catch Sandile and Trapinch in the desert area, and I know right. Trapinch has, like, the little tiny legs, so that's why my... I, first thought it was him 
like I could see the heavy part is where the heavy part is where it got me because I don't know how heavy Trap Inch is and it doesn't look to be too heavy. What other trying to think? What else? Yeah, it's I'm heavy. thinking like a turtle or something. Right, like a jaw, like a strong jaw. But again, that sounds like a dreadnought, and that's not from that generation. So you yeah. you, you got a point it's there. Not, it's not um, going to be any fossils. This Gen Seven, uh, right? It yeah. is Ultra Sun. Ultra Sun. Okay. Oh my gosh! Should we use a clue? We can either use. Well, a you get a free one. You get a free one. Free deaths. Yeah. We can take a shot. You, this is for two points, or you go for one. That's your question. That's you could do that without the without the hint. Do you want to go for the other one? I say let's guess Trapinch first, and then if we get it wrong, we get that extra. We get the free hint. We can do that. Yeah, that's yep. how the Pokedex entry question works. Oh, oh, cool. Okay, then let's guess Trapinch. Trapinch is correct, so you guys get two points there, so you, you are three Ooh, for two. Uh, the extra entry that we had ready was its shield entry, which says, It makes an inescapable conical pit and lies in wait at the bottom for prey to come tumbling down. Oh, yeah. yeah. I did yeah, not know that Trapinch was heavy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, Trapinch is heavy. Trapinch more just got little big head stubby legs. Yeah, yeah he's right. big head stubby legs. Trapinch, I don't know, is heavy per se, but like... Fun fact, I think Trapinch and Flygon have the same base attack. Oh, wow. Uh, oh, I, that's, wow. That should be correct. Yeah. Because, yeah. Because, yeah, Trapinch is like 90, 95 so, yeah. base attack, which is actually crazy. So in Little Cup, he's a monster. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, but nobody Ooh. uses it because um, it, it's just like, it's way too slow. Okay. Yeah. Which yeah. is fair. It's and slow. everything I mean, it else. Have great defenses. But and, uh, yeah, still, its defenses it, aren't great. But its attack is big. Right. Um, it still, it has a niche use. If he can use, yes. if it's allowed to use arena trap, then yes. it's really good. Yes. Uh, it also I've gets access to first impression, I think, too. Yeah, it gets a first impression. Yeah. yeah, I've seen it used in draft league where it just like comes in and just like, oh, something comes in, banded first impression. Yep. Oh, it has base 100 attack. Yeah, base 100. It's the same as Flygon. That's what I was saying. All right, so that gives you guys two and two or three for three. We're gonna go ahead and give you your next question. Your next question is gonna be worth up to three points. Oof. Um, and this is gonna. Oh my gosh! Okay. There, <laughs> there, there are there are nine answers to this. Um, All right. So I don't actually know how to score this. Um, I'm gonna say if you get three of them, that's one point. So you get up to three points here. This is from Better okay. Call Sal. What are the nine types that resist attacks of their own type? Oh. Yeah. Oh. That's actually not hard. Yep. Uh, so you've got fire, water, grass. That, right. Those are all correct. Yep. I want to say psychic. Um, psychic. That's four. Um, Three strikes and you're out. But like, that's like, I'm literally asking you to name half steel. the types. Uh, steel is correct. That's five. What about ice? No, ice does no. not resist okay. ice. I don't think. I don't believe so. Okay. Um, gonna, or at least I'll hold off on that one. If we need the right. ninth, we may ask ice, but I, right. I don't think it's ice offhand. Okay. Rock and rock. Uh, no. yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no. Rock no. does not resist rock. Right. Because Aerodactyl is weak to rock slide. Um, it's not rock, it's not it's not rock, it's not ground, it's not normal, it's not fighting, it's not ghost, it's not dragon, it's not fairy. 
Bug? Bug is resistant to bug? I don't think so. So bug. far, you've got fire, grass, water, steel, and psychic. So there are four. Right. Right, we could take a shot at bug. Uh, bug is incorrect, so that's uh, that's okay. a strike. Oh, so bug is not, and then f- okay, so flying is the last one that I know mm. does not resist itself. So right, and dark, then that means backtracking. Dark, right? Then yeah, it's got to be poison. It's got to be ice. Uh, poison it's- and ice are correct. That's seven. There's two more. There we go. Dark, dark, dark is correct. There's the one more. One? There's one more. Uh, I am surprised oh you did not get it. Uh, it's not normal. I, have, I literally listed every type except one on top of my head. You did. Yeah. You actually did, though. <laughs> yeah, I listed every type it wasn't. Yeah, you listed everything it's not. <laughs> oh my god, what is it? Uh, oh my gosh, I am really surprised that you did not get this type. <laughs> just like, just just like, this, like, of the types to be forgotten, this is not one that I would think people would forget. <laughs> wow. Uh, not water, not, uh... Oh my god. We said grass. Electric. Electric. There we go. Electric resists itself. Pikachu. Literally Pikachu. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That gives you guys three points there. So you guys are six for uh, six for uh, whatever this is for. Um, you can't cash your hint Woo! in just as a remember because uh, you got a question wrong. So this okay. next question is going to come from uh, we're going to do right on rocks. What is the grass type Pokemon with the highest base speed of all grass type Pokemon? Uh, I have a thought, but let's go ahead and use that hint. Uh, this is a dual type uh, grass type, um, and it is a regional form. Oh, uh, that's okay. That's interesting. Um, a dual grass dual that it's a regional. It's uh, it's got it's a two stage line. And it uh, evolves with a leaf stone. Everything right now. Oh, 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 Durr. I forgot about him. I got it. You have an idea, Juice Hero? Uh, give me a second. Um, I'm pretty sure I've got it now. B- uh, the the boxing no kangaroo <laughs> mushroom. That's that's not even. Uh, oh, wait, no, that maybe is a an grass electric type. grass ball of some sort, like electrode. Oh, electrode is correct. Right. We'll give you the seven for that. We'll give you the seven for that. So, uh, Hisuian Electrode is got has one fifty base speed, which just outspeeds the old answer to this question, which would have been Shame Mega Sky? Mega Septile with oh, one forty five. Right. Shaman Sky is third though with one twenty seven, followed by Septile, regular Septile at one twenty. And then uh, the fluffiest co-host at uh, 116. Gotcha. Hey. So uh, that uh, that gives you guys seven, though. And uh, that's uh, that's not a bad outing. Not mm-hmm. a bad outing either. Does that put me in the lead? It does put you in the lead. Ha, I, I'm still amazed by this. You're actually within Sibana. one show, Jushiro. You're within one show. Woo. Oof, I you, guess I'm going to have episode? to be here one perfect, next week. Yeah, one perfect episode. You could actually win the whole thing. Then next week, I'm going to have to be there. <laughs> so in first place, we currently have Jishiro with 22 points. In second mm-hmm. place, we have Seth Vila with 16. Tied for third, we've got Whimsicott and Claude with 8 apiece. And tied for fifth, we got Sigma and Shark with 7 apiece. Hey! Hey-yo! Aye, aye, aye. We did it, team. We did it, Shark. 
that is going to be it for the everybody has has to get on the board. But if you want more Puckles Pokey Quiz, tune in next week and we should have some more. We're going to kick it on over to the topic. Hey, would you like a green Tauros badge? Well, you can have one. If you come over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash puckle podcast, we are going to be giving them out once we hit $850. We're going to be giving those to every patron at the $10 plus tier because uh, we love you guys. We'd love to see this project project made. Of course, if we hit any other thresholds on the way there, such as $800 for the week-long giveaways to the community, that would also happen as well. So if you'd be interested in getting a green tourist badge, be f- feel free. Come on over. Uh, if you can't support the show, don't worry about it. You just listening is enough for us. So until then, though, guys, I'm Thatch, and I'll catch you guys on the flip-flop. And welcome to the topic. Our topic today is, are you playing Pokemon wrong? <laughs> I don't know if that's what we're going to call the episode or not. <laughs> this really just stems from the fact that I think TPCI really every time and Game Freak, every time they release a Pokemon game, they have a very specific way they want you to play that Pokemon game. Okay. And then when the fan base goes ahead and tries to play it against the grain, they get upset about it and then like yell at the game's poorly done. Right. Sounds familiar. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I agree with and disagree with in several different ways, because like one, I don't think the Pokemon company should exactly be telling you how to play the game. I think a good example of this is the thing that people really hate that we talk about the 20 minute timer, but the 20 minute timer (laughs) is a very good example of this in Sword and Shield, where I don't think that's a good change because they're taking away something that we've previously had. The one that really frustrates me the most, and this is because of my rose colored glasses to some extent, the one that really bugs me is Gen 2 games. Everybody will go mm-hmm. on like their tirades about how it's a horribly balanced game. The the wild leveling is really off. Da 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 da. I the the fairest criticism I think of Gen two that I think anybody can have is that Gen two doesn't put a lot of the Gen two Pokemon into the main game. It puts it into the post game. Yeah, which I think is a very fair criticism that you can't catch Houndoom until you go to like Celadon City. Yeah, like, Houndoom, <laughs> uh, Murkrow. Are the three I remember offhand? Yeah, it's like pretty much any dark type. I don't. I think is locked to the post game minus Umbreon. Oh, it's Diesel. Yeah, them too. Yeah, I think because uh, even Tyranitar is post game. I think Tyranitar does make sense to it for it to be post game. Oh yeah, no, 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 that one does. the The thing that is very frustrating about Gen two is that they come out with these two new types, right? And to get those two new right. types is very, very difficult because they only added in six Pokemon of each of those types. Yeah, because they added in. Tyranitar, they added in Umbreon, they added in Murkrow, Houndoom, and Houndour. They, those actually caught in the six. Both of them are separate. And then there's one more dark type that I am forgetting, Sneasel. Sneasel, I think, yeah. Yep. All of those, with the exception of Umbreon, are locked to post-game. Right. Even Steel types are kind of bad. The only thing that saved Steel type was that they retconned Magnetonite and Magneton. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. And they made those easily accessible. I think that one you can get around yes. fourth badge. Right. Steelix and Scizor also aren't both locked a post game either because metal code is available before the end of the game but they're trade locked they are trade evolutions which sucks and then skarmory is actually version exclusive that's okay right at least you could get it in a game if you want yeah and then there's one more steel type i'm forgetting magnemite magneton that's two do 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 there's one more steel type because they did six steel types ferrothorn is from gen gen that's gen five that's not gen two holy snap okay that's like your concept of time jushiro let me tell you I'm telling you, it's out. I'm like... Oh, Fortress. Fortress. Oh, see, but I knew it was kind of one of those uh, grass. It was... Okay, Fortress and Ferrothorn are very similar. You are correct. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. A big ball of steel that 
only has fire weakness. Big a big steel ball. Yes. Big steel ball weak to fire. That's yep. that's right. that's literally both Pokemon. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was in the I'm a, I'm not, may not always remember the exact name, but I'm in the same wavelength. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That was the most, I think that's the biggest issue with Gen 2, but I think the leveling is not the biggest issue because I think people play Gen 2 incorrectly when they play Gen 2. And how would you play Gen 2? So I think the way it was intended to be played because, so nowadays, like you and I, Jushira, will be like, oh, this is a new video game coming out. And then you and I sit down, we binge it, right? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And back in the early, late 90s, early 2000s, that just wasn't part of the video game culture to sit down and just binge it. You would play it over, you know, a couple months. Yeah, that is is exactly how Gen 2 is set up, especially with the way they have dailies. If you also look at the region of Johto itself, it's made to be very easily traversable for you to backtrack. Yeah, just based on the way it's set up, you are able to backtrack through uh, Johto very easily because that that is the point. They were expecting you to have to backtrack a ton because you would play the game for an hour a day and then every other day it's the bug catching contest. So you're going to want to go back to Goldenrod for that. So you're going to backtrack, battle some wild Pokemon on your way to Goldenrod. Uh, the whole thing. So the idea is that you're you're going through these routes multiple times. You know what I right. mean? They basically, yeah, they built that loop. The fact that I even remember the one, I think one mountain that's between you critique and uh, yes, and uh, the other one. You could, yeah, you have to go through the mountain initially, but once you get surf, you can just skip through that. Exactly, you can just skip through it. Those are the big things that they did. That I don't know that everybody appreciates because they do make it so you can backtrack through Johto very easily. And that's what they expected you to do. Because say it's a 20 hour game to play through the initial playthrough of Pokemon Soul Silver, That's not too hard. And then you, you can come up with the argument that like the leveling still bad for post game because like you have to go beat Red and Red's Pokemon are like level 80. Right. I would argue based on Red's team composition, you might not need level 80 Pokemon to beat him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. His, his team composition isn't the best. I mean, it's it's literally Charizard, Venusaur, Blastoise, Pikachu. Espeon and Lapras, or Snorlax. Yeah, it it changes based on Heart Gold, Soul Silver, or, or Gold, Silver, Crystal. But it's I think it swaps between the Lapras and the Snorlax. Yeah. Because the actual original Gold and Silver Red team was actually based on the manga team at the time. Yeah. Which is really interesting. Oh, Heart Gold, Soul Silver, he doesn't have Espeon. Oh, that's what it he is. Has, yeah, I think Espeon and Snorlax swap. That's what it is. SP- because in Heart Gold Soul Silver, they were trying to make it the red that goes through the adventure and eat- it's all the gift Pokemon and forced encounters you have. Mm-hmm. In Gold Silver Crystal, it's based on the manga team that Red had because Red has an Espeon in the manga because he has like that super special EV that can like yeah. digivolve. Yeah, it could have uh, changed uh, original EV forms <laughs> until they finally evolve into Espeon. He- he's got he's got the digivolving EV, so then it gets permanently stuck as Espeon. Okay, so basically what you're saying is that uh, Hard Gold and Soul Silver, or, you know, Gold and Silver, is a game where you can't just, in order for you to play it correctly, in order for you to enjoy it, you can't go speedrunning it. You have to take your time. I, yeah, I think binging it is the least enjoyable way to enjoy Soul Silver, or, like, just Gen 2. I think that's the right. least, least uh, enjoyable way, is just to binge. If you binge it, you're, right. you're not going to have a good time. You have to take it slow, smell the roses. Do the dailies. Right. Have a good time. Only play it like an hour a day, maybe. I mean, it does make sense because one thing that I've always noticed with Pokemon, and it was very noticeable uh, how the TPCI was trying to get around this in Switch, uh, in the Switch game Sword, uh, uh, Sword and Shield, is the fact that, hey, so we have 
a hundred levels and it's really not that hard to get up there. So what do you do when you're already in your eighties, right? Um, which is something that might be an extra problem in Soul and Silver since basically reaching the Elite Four is half the game the first time around. It's like the halfway point. It is really just the halfway right. point. So we can't have you power up to level 70 before the half of the game where you still have the other half to go through. So it would make sense that because you have two different regions in one game and you have eight, 16 badges and you have the, the developers wants to enjoy that whole thing, you can't level up too fast because you'll be nearly unstoppable by the time you get to the other half eight ba- badges. So I guess that's where they tried to add that balance. So you would need to take extra time to train. I, I find it really interesting that people complain about that because it is meant to be a short game because they did put a large post game in. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And you do need to take your time. I mean, it's got the weakest elite four, I think, of any game. Right. Because I think that that's not the, that's not the, that's not the end game though. That's it, which is what people might be, uh, might be confusing is when you reach the elite four the first time around in Soul and Silver, that's not the end of the game. Yes. There's some credits afterwards and whatever. Those games are just such giant outliers. Right. It's really halfway there. Yeah. Now you have to go to back to Kanto and, and go through the whole adventure again. And, uh, yeah. you know, it's so you really don't see the end of the game until you fight the elite four for the second time, I believe at the end. Well, it's not even, it's, it's mostly red. Like you're going to go face red. I oh, think that's red. That's game. right. Yeah. 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 That's yeah, the that, end game. Yeah, not that, the elite four. That's the end game. Yeah. Red's the end game. But yeah, I don't know. Is there anything like that you guys have encountered? Like this is just something that's very frustrating to me. Like I, I, I think. I don't know. Pokemon's been really bad about this, especially lately, I think, where they want to tell you how to play Pokemon. <laughs> I definitely know that they've just, I know TPCI has changed kind of the mindset as they've tried to realize, like, how they're trying to market their game and how, like, what their target audience is. Mm, right. And, you know, which is, you know, mostly kids and just how they, like, before, yeah, the grind stuff, that was totally fine to, you know, when we, yes. you know, would only have one hour and we would play it that often. And only under 300 Pokemon. But nowadays, when people are wanting to play the game faster and, you know, try to, you know, mm-hmm. just binge it, try to speed through it, they've changed how the grind has happened. And that's obviously kind of rubbed some people uh, the wrong way in terms of like, okay, for, I think probably I would say the first time it started to really change was Gen 5, because I think Gen yeah. 4, those games are still grindy. They're still, they still takes a while. Gen 5 tried to fix the problem, but did it wrong, in my opinion. But they they tweaked the exp, but then they're just like, you know, all these Pokemon we're gonna put in, we think gaining exp is too easy, so we're gonna make them all evolve at ridiculously high levels. <laughs> I think that's why I think they they fixed the problem because I really like the way they did the exp in Gen Five. Mm-hmm, but I right. think the problem is you don't get your like power bumps. You still get your power bumps at the same pace, if not slower, from evolution, mm-hmm. which is very very frustrating. Yeah. Right. I think, yeah, I think the, the adding those evolutions was a little bit of a misstep, but then it's like they, but then with the EXP share all and like, I think Gen 6 being fixed up, just making things easier and easier to grind up your team as you play. I think the problem that came with it more than anything was the Gen 8 EXP share, not even like the Gen 6 and Gen 7 one, and literally only because it has a toggle off switch. Yeah. I think not having the toggle off switch is what people don't like, and I can kind of understand. Right. Because, it, like, when we used to grind Pokemon, you would feel, like, a very deep connection to these Pokemon, you know, which is a very dumb thing to say about a children's video game. But you would, like, feel a connection to these Pokemon because we grinded, we've played you with do, each yeah. other, you know. When you get to the XP share all, especially the modern-day equivalent of it, 
the pro is that you can swap in new team members without any issue. Right. Yeah. But the con is that you never have to play with certain Pokemon because they're just leveling up so fast. Yeah. Yes. A hundred percent. And uh and it makes breeding a little bit of a nightmare. Uh whenever you encounter a world Pokemon and you have baby Pokemon on you and you just don't want to beat the Pokemon because you don't want to give that XP or the IV the yeah. EVs. <laughs> incorrect EVs to the Pokemon you're trying to breed. So it having an off button definitely is something that would be a good thing. I mean the biggest thing, and this is something that I, I got from Linian a while ago, is that just like taking away player choice is always just not a good move right which they did and if they're it, like if exp had always worked that way i don't think anybody would have noticed mm-hmm. or at least the first time yeah i don't know the thing that also really gets me and this is just a pet peeve of mine is like when uh pla came out uh when mm-hmm. legends rcs was launched people are just like i'm gonna nuzlocke it and they're just like but how do i even do it right and i'm just like you can't you can't nuzlocke a game like pli yeah it's all about repetition. You can't you can't yep. just remove a whole species. Yes, exactly, right? I think literally some stuff is locked behind how many things you've caught, right? Yeah. It's like you can't I think you could almost get away with it. Like you can but you have to again make your own rules to figure out how to make it work. Right. You can put like a temporary knock, like, oh, if uh my Nido King got killed, I can't use that Nido King and I won't be able to use uh I'm gonna put a lock on Nido King for at least, you know, two more uh missteps. And then I he can reset back into it, but I have to catch a new one and train it from uh from zero again. Maybe that's a way of Nostalk, but it is um but to to your point, and I do agree, I think it is a it is a clash between what the developers are expecting us to do with the game and, of course, what we do to the game, especially if you go competitive. Now, competitive player uh, and me being a casual player that... Yeah, filthy casual. I'm <laughs> a filthy casual <laughs> that uh, that uh, at least I can watch from the outside in that aspect. Competitive gameplay, it's all about getting into the nitty-gritty and see how you can manipulate the system into your advantage um, with the things that you have. Now, those tools those things that you use to break the game as they say or to maximum min min max what you need to do are not always the same thing in every game and every uh sequel i don't know i would argue that it has been the same way since like 2003 okay uh explain more Uh, well competitive like in terms of pokemon competitive pokemon hasn't really changed in terms of like evs iv system since 2003 i mean they have made things easier like breeding and stuff like that which is fine oh yeah everything else is more like quality of life i would i would argue in that aspect than being like oh we want you to play the game this way or something like that i think the biggest thing is like i mentioned before the timer where they're just like "Mm, 6v6 how about you don't have time to do that and which is frustrating not even from like a competitive standpoint right one of my favorite things to do when we play through when i play through a pokemon game is like if i can find somebody else to play through it with me is go hey every two badges or every two checkpoints or whatever let's battle our teams against each other right oh that's awesome or in-game mm-hmm. teams. I love doing this. I, I can get, like, an R- IRL friend to do it, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, the problem is that 20-minute timer doesn't even let you do it with, like, IRL team, Like, just, like, in-game teams. Yeah. It literally prevents you from doing a 6v6 in that way, which is what the game honestly tells you to do is, like, hey, 6v6s are, like, the ultimate match, and everybody wants to do a yeah. 6v6 um, single battle. Right. It really prevents you from doing that. I'm really hoping that they fix this with Scarlet and Violet with it being like a new battle system or a new battle yeah. engine, it looks like. Yeah. I'm, I'm really hoping that gets fixed. That's the, that's the hope, for sure. Like, that would be the dream. Yeah. 
like let's just shove Dexit like hard aside. Like I think this yeah. is a bigger issue. One feature that I've always wanted a Pokemon game to have, and I know that this is not coming in Gen Nine or maybe ever, is because V I do find VGC to be very um interesting and uh it looks like a lot of fun having to use mm-hmm. two Pokemon. I wish there's a way you can set the game to the whole game is like VGC, uh where you use two Pokemon at a time always. It's called Coliseum. Yeah, they did that once. <laughs> what? When? Which one? In Pokemon Coliseum and Pokemon XD Gale of Darkness for the GameCube. Oh, 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 okay. Those games are entirely double battles. Okay. The problem is it doesn't go as fast as you would think. No? Okay. You can get some, like, really crazy shenanigans. Because you think of if you actually watch a VGC battle, you can have so much going on that right. it makes it difficult. If an AI accidentally does something wrong, it your day just becomes awful. <laughs> Right, right. Yeah. And you'd also, like, I think they have made some tweaks to double battles since Gen 3 as well, where some moves don't do as much damage in double battles. Oh, yeah, yeah. They, the, the doubles change drastically, yeah. That I remember. So they, they've changed mechanics with how double battles work several times. I don't know, it's kind of like, like horde battles in X and Y, uh, I think, right. were a really cool, interesting idea. The, mm-hmm, the problem right. it, with it is, I think... In practice, it becomes very difficult because you need spread moves. And when you first get introduced to horde battles, you have like no spread moves. None. Yeah. And it's just like it becomes all you have to single target, take, hopefully, KO yeah. the one thing. If you can't KO the thing in front of you, it's just like this thing uses attack. This thing uses attack. This one uses an attack. This one uses an attack. I will agree. And I think they have in the past years just really like toned down how many double battles are in the actual game. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is kind of depressing. It is. Yeah, actually. Is- I think they've toned it down a bit. But in Sword and Shield, I really do like that they did Raihan the way they did Raihan. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. No, Raihan is great. Yeah, I really like Raihan. That was a great addition because it basically was a VGC light. Yeah. Honestly, if they did that with the g- all gem battles, I think that would actually be An honest opinion, Jishiro, if you like the snappiness of uh of Unite, Mm-hmm. You might actually like the snappiness of playing Pokemon VGC, like the VGC uh, style, because those okay. are th- those are very snappy. Those those matches don't last longer than the, you know the ten minutes a unite match takes. Yeah. That the, I really uh, I was before like obviously I'm not a competitive guy. I've really yeah, never yeah. participated officially. Uh, so VGC has always been like an outside thing for me that I've always yeah. enjoyed because I do feel that VGC. And I know I'm gonna get a lot of hate, but again, granted, I said that that was, I, I'm I'm among the most casual of the Puckle co-hosts. I do feel that VGC gives more Pokemon it uh, its spot to be able to shine more than singles, mm. and thus for me, it makes it better. I think it only does that because of the way the metas are set up. Because right. in VGC, they they usually just have a broader ban list, just like you can't use this Pokemon because, not because this Pokemon's broken like they would do in OU or something. Oh, but I'm not speaking, sorry. So when I, I do, I, so, I I do know that when I say VGC, I'm also adding there the, the extra rules that comes with it, the banning and all that stuff. But I'm looking at more like in a sense of crossing the game in uh, in dual mode instead of just using one you can always use two so that way you can uh, combine use their abilities i wish i might i might argue i'm gonna look in the data and then i'm gonna argue with you in dms but <laughs> okay i i think uh you have to be basically a real you have to be a really good team builder to yes. make some pokemon that are like very niche like yeah. in competitive generally work but they, I agree that you can make more Pokemon work 
as yes. long as you yeah. a build the role and right. b are able to set up a role. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, the, obviously the big example is the Pachi Risu from uh, World yes. years back, where it had right. a good, a straightforward role, nuzzle to her, you know, to mess with the opponent and just just a bunch of shenanigans that it was yes. able to do. That it had that it was set up. It was the right place, right, right. time. Did its role. I'm going to follow on that. I agree that you could get more Pokemon to do random stuff like that in VGC than you would in OU. I think the level curve to team building is much more linear in OU than it is in VGC. I think VGC's the level curve is much more exponential. And it shifts a lot. I think depending on the metagame, it can shift quite variably because if you're trying to outspeed a certain threat, the threat comes up, you have to move it yeah. move your speeds up and down accordingly. yeah the vgc meta that was really bad actually or not bad but like was hard to get into because of the level curve and the amount you had to pay attention to the meta was actually the uh the 20 uh i want to say 20 20 it was either 2016 or 2017 circuit the one the first one was seven, sun and moon so 2017 vgc 2017 yeah. right that one was the worst because everything actually worked like everything worked but the problem was it was like a giant rock, paper, scissors game mm. where like this team core beats this team core. And the problem was you'd have one team core win a regional and then like the next team core would become popular to beat that one. And so right. you just have this like rotating like wheel of team cores that would just go through. Isn't that a healthy meta though? Yeah, healthy. I Yes, I would say it's a healthy meta. I would say it's a healthy meta. My only complaint would be as somebody who's trying to get into it, it's a lot to try to follow. I can right? see that. Because yeah. in OU, you can at least go, oh, hey, I've got these five Pokemon that I know are good, and then I can summon a sixth one and play around that way. There, there was In 2017, I wouldn't say there was like a safe team right. that you could bring and still like do okay. Like I'm not talking about winning the tournament, but like if I went to a regional, I'd like to have a team where I could be like, I could go four and four in, a, in an eight round day. I don't know that there's a team that like you could just like spill out in 2017 and be like, you can do this. But again, it's focusing more on the game. But just before we end, jump to the next part. I don't have any next part. I'll listen to you. <laughs> <laughs> you are the next part. The part, the the other thing why I feel like there's some Pokemon that are missing out when you can't do VGC uh, or dual, like just call it double tap battles. Pokemon like Oranguru. I wanted to use Oranguru oh, yeah, yeah, in, yeah. Sword and Sh- in my in my uh, place in in Sword and Shield, but I was like, why? Uh, I am not gonna use doubles and uh, barely any doubles in this game, and I'm not in his abilities and all the cool stuff that he would do because that's kind of like why this game, this Pokemon was created. It is a design for doubles Pokemon, much better than like Volbeat Alumai's plus Minim nonsense, right? It, but it is 100% developed for double battles. I do understand. Right, yeah. I do understand that. I don't think that VGC or OU is better than the other. I think oh, they're no, just no, no, different. No, no. Two two different metas, yeah. I think they're just different. Like, honestly, I really enjoy VGC. I think it's fun to play. But there are those days where I'm just like, man, I just want that one big full-out brawl. Right. Mm-hmm. I agree. VGC, I see as a uh, very good, like, I want a very fair pokemon match that's going to show me who the best pokemon player is right here that's vgc right but if i want a match where it's just like i want like a high stakes football game you know if i want that that's 6v6 uh singles that's what i want yeah you have so many more turns in that in a singles battle just by the nature of it yeah that's why they they're aware of that and like they do the best of three on purpose to kind of wash out like will-o-wisp misses and stuff like that 
Right. They're very good about it. I don't know. There's merits to both metas. They are definitely pushing BGC, I would say, based on everything they've done. Mm-hmm. But and how they've essentially killed BSS on cart by <laughs> by going to the by going to the current meta. I would just like to be able to do it. You know, that's all I'm saying, Pokemon. Let me do it. Let me have some fun. I mean, they they have also mm-hmm. been moving away from full six v six battles, like in in cart in in gameplay as well. If you look at Sword and Shield, the only times you play a full six v six match are whenever you're battling Hop or whenever right. you battle Leon. Is they is they is not the none of them six v six the the tournaments Gallic tournaments. I don't even know if the tournaments do six v six in the tournament. I think it might be five v six. Yeah, if it's five v six, because I know it was a big deal because because Leon went ahead and made it six v six. I don't know. It, it, I don't want this to be like a huge wine fest because I still enjoy VGC. <laughs> right. I really like it. Granted, we're in GS Cup meta, so I don't enjoy it as much. And we're about to talk about a team from that meta anyway. Yeah, that's fair. That's always the... Yeah, nobody nobody ever likes GS Cup meta. Let's be honest. Nobody likes GS Cup meta. <laughs> nope. It, when you can bring two box art legendaries, there's always something broken because they made one legendary way too good. Uh-huh. It just ends up overrunning the meta, which is exactly mm-hmm. what's happening right now. Like, I, let me look at the Peakalytics while I'm thinking about it. Because, like, yeah. Zacian's at, like, a stupid high usage right now. Actually, there is a Pokemon with higher usage than Zacian right now, and it won't surprise anybody who's familiar with VGC. Oh. Kyogre! D- Jushiro, take a guess. What Pokemon's at higher usage than Zacian in VGC right now? In high... Oof, oh, in wait. High, it, at 66% uh, usage on 66% of every team in VGC, who do you think is there? Oh! Oh, I know. It's the... It's, um... Oh my god. Lethe... Ah. The <laughs> if you're gonna say Landorus Therian, I'm gonna tell you you're wrong. No, 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 no. I was the starter, the fire starter from uh Yeah, okay, there you go. Yep, instant. There you go. There you go. Yep. yep. You were correct. <laughs> you're correct. I forgot. I I blanked out for two seconds. Yeah, of course he is. Incineroar. Yep. Incineroar is at sixty six percent usage. Uh Zashin Crown Form is at fifty nine percent usage. Yeah. And then it starts wow. to drop off pretty hard. From 59% usage, you go down to 35% usage, and you find Kyogre. <laughs> then you find at 27% Groudon, 27% Grimmsnarl. That, I think I think VGC has way more wild swings like this in terms of usage than OU right. does. That's why I want to argue with you in DMs. <laughs> <laughs> because VGC does have wild wild usage stats like that. I believe at one point Incineroar was at 90%. Like nine out, of, 9 out of 10 teams have Incineroar. And we complain about we used to complain about Landorus when it hit fifty percent usage. Right. That's just like some food for thought and how much VGC does centralize certain Pokemon. Right. I think they are have a better power though to be able to like really get rid of them. Like my favorite meta so far has been my favorite meta in in all of Pokemon in the past three years has been when they mm-hmm. banned like the top ten Pokemon in usage. Mm. Oh, that was fun over that summer. That was that was, that was like was my favorite. That was my favorite like three months in VGC where they just like there were some fun casualties because of it too. Because it was not only be it was not only doubles, it was singles. So it was the top ten from both were just mixed. It was great. I loved it. It's still my favorite. One thing that uh, playing Unite and learning how MOBAs to a certain extent work. Um, yeah. One thing that I uh, I found out from other MOBA games is the ban feature, <laughs> which is that 
when you are going to play a match, players can actually vote uh, 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 as to who to ban. So That's people fair. don't use overpowerful characters on whatever match they're on. And I was just thinking that maybe for not obviously six versus six, but if you're doing a, a match, the ability to maybe ban one of your opponent's Pokemon and he can ban one of yours could be interesting into saying like, oh, I don't want to fight Incineroar. I'm going to ban his Incineroar and then go like, well, I'm going to ban your one. And then you have to fight with whatever you have remaining. That's an interesting thought. I'm gonna if we should put that in the tournament committee. That could be a fun little match that we could tournament we could do here. Yeah, we could do that in Puckle. Yeah. We should put that in tournament committee. Yeah. Yeah, they're either like a three v three or four v four. It's like Right, right. You do a three v three versus through and you're like, Yeah, well you can use not that one. I don't want you to use that one or that and then they choose one for you and then you have to pick from the remaining five. Alright. Well, I'm gonna make a stop here so that we don't just go on like how much we love Pokemon. too late yeah right so we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up here and we're gonna kick it on over to puckles uh pokemon of the episode so let's kick it on over to that we'll catch you guys on the flip-flop the episode and welcome to the Pokemon of the episode. Our Pokemon of the episode is National Dex number 693, Clawitzer, the Howitzer Pokemon. It's Ultra Moon Pokedex entry writes, Its right arm is packed with meat when its pincer falls off. It's exported to be used as a cooking ingredient. Thanks, Pokemon. Yum, yum. <laughs> <laughs> Red Clawit. Actually, it does get red. It's shiny is like so. Like Gen Six is like when they decided to start doing good shinies for all the Pokemon. Oh yeah, and so it does actually have a good shiny. Like that. This is back when they started actually like designing shinies. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we'll use different shade of blue. Well, it's just like let's do the palette swap to this many to this many numbers, and then it's just like, well, my eyes can't distinguish that, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. Poor Gibble. Yeah, poor Gibble. But Clawitzer is actually a really interesting Pokemon because it's yeah. one of the few Pokemon that actually get Mega Launcher as an ability. It's its only ability, in fact. Right. Uh, but Mega Launcher, for those of you who are not aware, because Mega Blastoise doesn't exist anymore. I think Mega Blastoise is the only other Pokemon that actually got this. Yeah, I think it is the only other Pokemon. It boosts the strength of Aura and Pulse moves by 50%. Which is pretty decent. I mean, that's extra stab just because it's a pulse. Right. And there aren't that many of these moves, by the way. Yeah. But there's a couple. The Aura Sphere gets boosted by this by 50%. Dark Pulse gets boosted by this. Dragon Pulse. Water Pulse. Water Pulse. Uh, Origin Pulse technically would, but it can't learn it. Um, Terrain Pulse. Dark Pulse. Heal Pulse. Yeah, Heal Pulse. Uh, I don't know how many of those Clydesar actually gets. He gets actually a good chunk of those, to be fair. He he does get Dark Pulse, Water Pulse. I do not know if he gets Dragon Pulse. Yeah. Does he? He does. He does. Uh, it's one of his, yeah, it's one of his uh, moves that you can uh, teach him through. Uh, oh, well, there we go. Yeah. Good for him. He got the main ones for sure. Yeah, he learns Dark Pulse, Dark uh, Dragon Pulse, Heal Pulse, uh, Water Pulse, uh, uh, Outer Sphere, and yeah. Wow, okay, wow, he gets a lot of that. Yeah, I think the only one he doesn't get is the 
is a uh, what you call origin pulse. Yeah, well, that's Kyogre. So yeah, yeah, but that's fine. He gets everything else that would get boosted by it. So wow, good for you, Claude, sir. Being a good Pokemon. Oh, he also learns through Isle of Armor move tutor. He learns Terrain Pulse. Yeah, that's a new move from Isle of Armor. Oh. Fun fact: It's really fun to use the Terrain Pulse with like you know with the Tapu Koko. To give it yes. electric stabs, so you can actually deal with the bulky waters that try to wall this thing. Yeah. Really fun. Mm. It really would work well in doubles. Not on this, this team, you can maybe... Well, this team doesn't use it. No, this team doesn't use it. It uses the Kaleitzer as, like, a fun... I don't know, it's just a fun mod, it looks like. It does, he does look like a fun mod. A really strong breaker. Yeah, this team comes to us from Soap, but I do want to list off the base stats, so mostly for my reference and nobody else's. Because I don't actually know Kalatcher's base stats. Okay, 71 HP, 73 attack, 88 defense, 120 special attack. That's great. 89 special defense and 59 speed for a base stat total of 500. That's a very funny way to get to 500, but I'll take it. Right. I mean, 71 is a weird base stat total. But yeah, Klaitzer is on this team with its Mega Launcher ability with 252 HP EVs, 252 special attack EVs. It's running a quiet nature just to kind of give it a little bit more bulk. Uh, and you don't really care about how fast you're going, especially on this team. You do not care how fast you're going. Right. And it's got Dark Pulse, Water Pulse, Heal Pulse, so you can do a little bit of recovery with your Clawitzer. It's like something that can hit pretty hard, but at the same time, like, give you a little bit of support. And then it's also running Flip Turn, so you can get that, uh, you can get in the back if you need to get in the back. Mm-hmm. Which on this team looks like it's necessary. This team also comes with one of like the other Pokemon I thought could have been the poke of the episode as well, but also Hitmonchan. Oh yeah. Hitmonchan has a life orb with inner focus as the ability. Uh four HP, two fifty two attack, two fifty two special defense, because Hitmonchan's special bulk is actually really high, it turns out. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Brave nature because we're gonna go slow. And we've got Thunder Punch, Ice Punch, Drain Punch, and Quick Guard. Quick Guard is super cool to prevent priority. Uh, I, I really actually love that tech. Fake out shenanigans for sure. Prevents fake outs, um, can prevent Sucker Punch, anything like that. So that that's actually really exciting. Pranksters. Pranksters too, yeah. Oh my gosh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Yeah, but this is a this is already looking fun. I can't wait to see what we got for Trick Room setup. So, I don't know. Somebody else take two more. I don't care which two. Jushiro will we'll cover you. <laughs> okay. So, uh, let's go with who is Amongus. Uh, you've seen Black Sludge, the ability Regenerator. And uh, its EVs is 252 HP, 4 defense, and 252 special defense. Uh, it's Calm Nature with its uh, zero IVs, which I understand is very difficult to get on attack and speed. It's for Tax Spore for the Sleep, Rage Powder, Polym Puff, and Protect. I've heard that Rage Powder is, like, incredibly good. Uh, yeah, it's Redirection. You know, follow me. Yeah, okay. It's just follow me. Yeah, this is a super supportive. Nice, okay. It's a taunt. It's, it's an actual taunt. No, not taunt, not taunt. It's Redirection, so if- No, no, not-, not Right, not Pokemon taunt, but every other game taunt. Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. To get, just bring the attention onto him, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Amoongus is really good in the, uh, for that. And it, this it actually has Pollen Puff. Pollen Puff is a really fun move, too, because it can both heal and do damage to the opponent. Mm. 
If you use Pollen Puff on an ally, it heals the ally. But if you use Pollen Puff on an opponent, it does damage. All right. I heard. I think that I thought that this was a move that only Vespaquin would learn. No, uh, I think it was Ribombi for a while. But I think yes, it, it was a Ribombi. But Gen Eight made it not an exclusive anymore. Similar to what they did with Aura Sphere, Mystical Fire, kind of thing. Yeah. Where it's like they took it off. Oh, okay. Yes. Nice. Made it TR. They made it TR because what they did was when they called a lot of the moves, um, and specifically Hidden Power. A lot of things lost coverage because they lost hidden power. And to kind of make up for that is they gave a lot of Pokemon moves through TR. That they didn't originally have. Yeah, it's just so that they had a little bit more coverage. Like, I think a good example of this is something like Sylveon, where Sylveon has like fairy and normal type moves, and that's it in his move pool. And then everybody would compensate by putting on HP fire. So what they did is they actually gave it mystical fire in Gen 8. Right, okay. That that way, you no longer had the hidden power, like, what type is it going to be? Right. Uh, where the answer is typically, like, fire, ice, or something. <laughs> it was, like, three types. Right. And it was, uh, and so they kind of just, like, helped you know, like, this Pokemon has access to these moves. I mean, I think removing hidden power is one of the healthiest things Gen 8 did. Mm-hmm. So, I'll take that. Uh, but yeah, one more Pokemon, Jushiro. Give us one more. Yeah, I'll do that, and I'll give you Dialga. With an uh, Adamant Orb, its ability pressure, its EV spread of 252 HP, 252 its special attack, and 4 on special defense, a quiet nature, and an IV of 0 on attack, its 4 moves are Trick Room, Roar of Time, Flash Cannon, and Thunder. This is one of those, this is one of our Trick Room setters, which I really like. I always like running Trialga as a Trick Room setter, Mm -hmm. because it can, I mean, it does a good job of it. Yep. The Roar of Time is a little, uh... It's a little out there, but I think if this just may be one of the Pokemon that, uh, Soap is primarily using as a D-Maxer. It just gives you that much more power boost. Yeah, if he's gonna go big and Dynamax, that's what you should do. Which I imagine is the plan with Dialga. Right. Yeah, it's just like a Trick Room setter, or back r- backup Trick Room setter. Yeah, it sets up Trick Room and then go big, you know? Exactly. Use it Stab and Thunder, just for coverage kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. So you can hit those Kyogre. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, well, you take the other two, tri- Shark. You can you can finish this out. All right. So in addition to Dialga as the Trick Room Setter, you have one of the better Trick Room Setters in VGC since pretty much launch is uh, Hatterene, uh, specifically the G-Max form. Uh, it's holding a Focus Sash with Magic Bounce, which kind of keeps it from getting harassed by a lot of these status moves and uh, things like that. Uh, 252 HP, 252 defense, force of attack, uh, relaxed nature with no IVs and attack. It's got trick room, dazzling gleam, giga drain, and protect. Yeah, I mean, this is your other trick room setter, which is the pretty standard one. Oh. Uh, the giga drain is kind of neat tech, though. I'm kind of a fan, actually. Yeah, it's probably good versus other Kyogres. Other Kyogre or... Potentially the Gastrodon. Yeah, Gastrodon. Well, this team, you do need a Gastrodon answer on every team, and it doesn't have one with Pollen Puff on Amoongus, so I can see Giga Drain sitting there to take that. Yeah, you need something to get rid of that. Yeah. Because, yeah, with Cloritzer sitting in the back in this other Pokemon, you need something to deal with the Storm Drain. And to help Cloritzer really pop off here, you've got Kyogre. Mm-hmm. holding Mystic Water with Drizzle, so that way your Mega Launcher Water Pulse does a lot more damage. It's got 252 HP, 252 Spatak, Quiet Nature, with the moves Origin Pulse, Ice Beam, Scald, and Protect. Mm. Boom. Yeah, that's pretty standard Kyogre, actually. 
This team, I like this team a lot because it has two fifty twos on everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, this is a very trick room teams are very easy to IV for in terms of just as long as you can get the zero speeds on whatever you need. Yep. Well, that's easy to do if you're a patron because uh, we'll give them out with zero speeds over at patreon.com with shiny uh i will be gone this week but i'm gonna try to set up like two bots just in case like one fails the other one maybe will stay alive oh okay though they've been really stable lately they've been very stable lately yeah that's good uh we're probably gonna set up a couple yeah so if you want the team come to patreon if not uh you can get the pace it'll be incredibly exciting uh so on that note we are going to go ahead and kick it on over to the end of the show, but also to the mailbag. It's mail time! Sending your emails! Mail! And welcome to the mailbag, the part of the show where you can email us at pucklepodcast@gmail.com. And get uh, get your email read on the show if we select it. Uh, we get a lot of emails each week, so we apologize if we don't get to yours. But if we do read yours and it sparks a really decent discussion among us, you will be eligible to win the Green Tauros badge because we're sponsored Oops. by Green Tauros, the energy drink that gives us hooves. Get away from me Oops. to say hooves. There you go. <laughs> I said a little backwards today. I apologize. I was off pace. I got so excited. <laughs> the energy drink that gives you hooves. Hooves. There you go. There we go. Okay, we'll we'll fix it next week. We'll we'll tighten that up. Or our contracts are all going to get uh, are all going to go out the window. Revoked. Yeah. We but don't yeah. Want what, that. Uh, last week we asked you guys what kind of gym leader you would be and why, and I would love to see. I would love to see what you guys have to say. So we got a couple emails that we're going to grab. Our first one this week is going to be from Brent's with a Z, or AKA Bean Boy. Bean Boy! <laughs> We're just going to call you Bean Boy. Forget the Brent's Bean part. Boy's Bean Boy is an excellent name. <laughs> Bean Boy's a much better name. Yeah. Hello once again, Puckle Crew. I fortunately have thought this question through a while ago. If I was a gym leader, I would be a light gym leader. All the Pokemon I would use would have something to do with light or can, be u- or can use the move Flash. I would wear lots of shiny jewelry and bling and my gym gimmick would be that during the battle your pokemon every turn would be would get confused by all the shining lights and all around the gym and the only way to snap out of it permanently is to turn the brightness down all the way in your switch oh that's pretty cool i i don't like the solution to it but i like the idea of having stadium effects take part in your gym battle so that you're at more of a disadvantage right Mm -hmm. i really like the concept of unfair fights in pokemon yeah, because like I think that I think the best challenge I've had in Pokemon thus far in terms of in-game play has been the trials from Sun and Moon where they were just like, hey, here's 2v2 Pokemon uh, or here's 2v1 Pokemon. I think that those are the best. And I would love to see kind of some kind of stadium effects take uh, precedent in the battle. I mean, they've kind of did a little bit with Sword and Shield, just a smidge. Uh, first, you have Glimwood Tangles. Uh, whole gimmick where you had to answer the questions mid battle and if you yeah. got it right you got a boost but if you got it wrong you got a you got a you got a you know a negative boost yeah the 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 problem i have with like that kind of stuff specifically is that it, it they have to make it easy enough for kids to do it right i don't know 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm a fan of media that is kid friendly, but doesn't isn't stupid. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. where it is, you can still have kids play it and kids can enjoy it, but you make it in such a way that adults can also enjoy it. I mean, early Pokemon anime is a very good example, I think. Yeah. And and stuff like that. I'm a big fan of that kind of media. So I I, I wish they could make it better. But then also the other one that I actually think could be good if you did more of it would okay. be the Isle of Armor. Yes. The last battle you had with your rival in there, mm-hmm. where they literally s- set up either Toxic Spikes or Psychic Terrain to start the battle with. That, I think, is clever. That is clever. I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. If you're not, like, prepped for it, it's just like, oh, uh, what's going on? That and it, like can actually really put you at a disadvantage if you're not prepared. Yeah. Right. It's kind of fun. That's a good point. Continue on, says, I feel this will enrage a lot of fans if it were to actually happen, but that's all part of the fun. As for the TMI would hang out, it would have to be Flash. Not that it's a good move, but it fits the theme and it makes perfect sense. The team I would use are Chandelure, Lantern, Castform, Sunnyform, Sol Rock, Clang Clang, and Mr. Mine. Brief team explanation, Ch- uh, Chandelure is literally based on the light source used by humans, so it's Lantern. Castform is a representation of the sun, which, is, which, by the way, is a source of light. Who would have known? I love the by the way there. Um, <laughs> we wouldn't know. So is Solrock. Clink Clang can use Flash and it's made of metal, so it can reflect light re- uh, relatively well. And Mr. Mime is a very random one, but the explanation for it will make sense. Basically, one of Mr. Mime's main moves is reflect, and that can be used to uh, reflect light at the opponent. Not really in the games, but more for something that will do if it were in the anime. And for my ace, I would think it would be Mr. Mine. I hope my explanation makes sense. Thanks, Brent. A.K.A. Beam Boy. So, fun fact... As a physicist, I know this thing. Everything <laughs> can be a source of light. Mm-hmm. And everything can if you get it hot enough. <laughs> That's fair. That it will glow. Everything will glow if you get it hot enough. Just just a fun fact, you know. <laughs> just a just a fun fact. Because that's kind of how radiation works, and that's kind of how the sun works a little bit. Yep. The sun also does other things. There's a lot of other things going on in the sun. It's very complicated, but it's fusion. <laughs> Fusion and, like, some other things, yes. <laughs> All right, our next email is going to be from Jasby, and I think Shark's got this one. Yes. Hello, Puckle Crew. I wanted to start off by saying that this is my first email into the podcast. Woo, welcome. I have been listening since 2018 when I needed something to listen to on my daily work commutes. I think that's pretty much everyone. <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad I can make work commutes a little less worse. Yeah. Exactly. This is easily my favorite podcast. And she listens to a lot. Uh, So thank you, co-host, for making this podcast fun and interesting with each new weekly topic. I know this was a few episodes back, but I wanted to share a thought that I had based on Thatch's idea about the type-focused battle gimmick that is being predicted for this generation. What if this gimmick is a method that allows for certain Pokemon to temporarily change into its true form in battle, as in a different type entirely? Example would of this would be Gyarados, since we all know Gyarados should be a dragon type, so what if the gimmick allows for it to become a pure dragon for X amount of turns in battle? I think that that would happen in my interpretation of what's gonna what what my prediction is, where they're just gonna let you change one Pokemon's type for like three turns. 
mm-hmm. and whatever and you get to choose that pokemon maybe it's a held item or something which i think is always balanced that's why i think dynamax was a little busted but you know you get like three turns to change the type of this pokemon but you burn an item in the process or something like that yeah it has some potential for sure i think this one yeah. being different in terms of it being like based on like what it's maybe like a true like ancestral form i think that's just like too much work and it, you remove all types and it just becomes the one type. Which well, I think you could still become the one type. The other thing that some um, some leak came out with that's kind of along these lines. Well, leak, uh, leak in quotes, heavy leak. Uh, that's some rumor that's floating around. That's probably not true because they predicted mm-hmm. that there was going to be a Pokemon update on May 7th, which is a Saturday. Yeah, um, I don't see any updates. Yeah, well, yeah, today is Saturday, but also they never do them on Saturdays. Yeah. But they said that it would be like uh, the gimmick would be like some Pokemon that like combines with another with all of your Pokemons to change its type or add a third type. I think adding a third type is a very interesting way to do it. I think it complicates things. I think it is a I think it's a much more complicated method than just being like, I'm a water type and I was a Charmeleon. Mm -hmm. I think that's way easier. Oh, yeah, no, adding a third type will completely change the whole game and they will have to do a whole rebalancing. Yeah, things would get a little nutso because, like, you would just end up adding steel to, like, most things, right? Like, that's how that works. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, and that's the reason why they they said that fairy was going to be the last type to be added to the game, at least for a long while, because it's so hard for them to rebalance the game every time they introduce any changes to the types, adding uh, a type or whatnot. I think just taking a Pokemon and changing what type it is for three turns or something like that is a completely reasonable thing to do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They felt it could be a new, interesting way to plan out strategies if you can have one member of your team that could change its type. A few other examples that I thought of were Seeking to Electric type in reference to its Lightning Rod ability, Sunflora to Fire type in reference to the Sun, and Flygon for Pure Bug for obvious reasons. (laughs) Hmm. Probably won't happen, but it's fun to imagine nonetheless. Yeah, I wish we'd get forms like that, but I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. yeah, this reminds me of that TCG set. Um, oh, yes. Oh, my Delta gosh. Species. Delta species. Yep. Uh, so, fun fact, I've got a Delta species cube for Pokemon TCG drafts that we should do at some point. Ooh, that is awesome. I have a Delta species cube. Yeah, we should set up something like that again. We did it once a while ago, but it'd be fun to do get another cube draft. Mm-hmm. For sure. As for my gym, I would probably do a folklore slash fantasy theme and make my gym look very similar to the Glenwood Tangle with the with exceptionally lots more giant flowers, mushrooms, fairy strings, along with bird cages, troll bridges, and so forth. Ooh, like Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. I would have all my gym trainers use fairy Pokemon and hide little houses in reference to the fantasy <laughs> <laughs> Things like a gingerbread house, the house of cards from Alice in Wonderland, a hobbit hole, a giant shoe, and for the main battle stage, the trainer would find me seated at the very end of a long table, ready to have a tea party with them. That's awesome. Yeah. So we would sit for a few minutes, chat, have some Pokemon-themed biscuits, then once we had our tea, we would engage in battle. I will hope my gem tricks the trainer into thinking I only have fairy types, only for me to send out the following team. Miss Magius, uh, Cantonian Rapidash, Milotic, Lycanroc Midnight Form, Dragonite, and Sableye. <laughs> and I would absolutely dress as the Mad Hatter. <laughs> yeah. 
I actually think it would be kind of a fun concept, just like like that fantasy like tricking you kind of thing. I like you it. Down the rabbit hole. Yep. I think that's the future of gyms. It's they have to step away from oh we're just gonna we're just want to use one type and more just embrace a theme. Well, I think you're gonna have to wait until at least Gen Ten for that. I I really feel yeah, like we're gonna have I such know. like we're gonna have such like a focus on the types type generation Scarlet and Violet. I think right. yeah. I think given that given the Central Plaza, it is gonna yeah. be heavy types. Type seems to be a focus. Yeah. Yeah. I think site type is going to be a focus, and unfortunately, they're going to be like, "Yeah, we have eighteen gyms, one for each type." And oh my god, you sure? I'll take it. I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised. And then you don't have to beat oh, every single yeah. one to make it to the end or something like that. I don't know. I would love for that to be true, Jushiro. I I might be wrong, and that's fine. But even if you look at like Sword and Shield, they developed mm-hmm. a lot of gyms. They developed more than yeah. the eight, right? Because they came out with at least I can think of ten, right? Gyms. Mm-hmm. Uh, they already did ten in Sword and Shield. There is a ten sword and shield. I'm sure they could come out with uh, come up with eight more in time for Scarlet Violet. Technically, more gem leaders that they reference. Exactly. They technically, references to more because you have your two rivals make twelve, and then Marnie and uh, Bay both have different teams of the same type. So it's they technically can have more. Oh, uh, Marnie just overlaps with Pierre, but yeah, yeah. No, I think it's very do- doable. I think it's absolutely mm. doable. So, the, yeah, I would put my money on that being a possibility. Mm, yeah. Like, I'm at, like, 40% that will happen. <laughs> like, that's how certain I am, 40%. <laughs> it's something. <laughs> Until the next trailer, right? <laughs> right. Which should come soon, right? Uh, I would say within the next month. Yeah, okay. it should be before E3. But E3 doesn't exist anymore, so... Yeah, yeah it's a it's a summer... Uh, Game Jam or something is basically taking its spot. Yeah. Okay. But it's based, I would say some, like, between now and the, like, the first two weeks of June. There should yeah. be, there will obviously be a Nintendo Direct, but there probably will be a Pokemon Direct. Yeah. Separate. That's what they did with Swish and IOA. Yeah, they usually do it a week before. Mm-hmm. All right. So one more email left to go. It's gonna be from Zachary. Greetings, Puckle Crew. Zachary here to talk about the gym system in Scarlet and Violet and what kind of gym leader I would be. Let's start with the gym system. I think that there should be a more intricate gym problem system that would be closer to the non-Breath of the Wild dungeon puzzles from Zelda. This would add a nice layer of intricacy to the gyms. I don't know. I don't want to like have to get a hook shot in Pokemon you know, and like hmm. pull things closer to me, but I, I, could, I would love better puzzles in Pokemon. I still think the puzzles should just take place out in the world and not in the gym. Right. I like you think about like the anime and how Ash had to like earn the right to do the gym battle. I want that. Right. So Scarlet and Violet are going to be open world games. I think that the order of gyms would be up to the player to decide with what Pokemon their levels and movesets changing depending on how many badges you have. I think that's perfectly reasonable and will probably happen. Uh Otherwise, I think the gimmick of the region should be front and center as in Sword and Shield. I don't think Dynamax was actually front and center in Sword and Shield, but that's okay. (laughs) I do not think there will be a spectrum type change thing, but whatever it is, it should be really important to the story. But now to what type of gym leader I would be. An ice type gym leader, obviously. The gym would be situated in the mountains, a reference to the Pyrenees. The puzzle would revolve around navigating snowy miniature mountains. Can they be like cut out, mm. cutouts or something like really badly done? That would be cool. Like a children's uh, theater set. Yes. Yeah. My team would include two regionals, an icy mountain agron. An ice and steel type with slush rush or snow veil. A Spanish Inquisition bear tick. 
fire and ice type with a new ability named Inquisitor that is basically download. If you heard that, Spanish Inquisitor <laughs> Beartick. I think that one's probably not happening. But <laughs> yeah. There would be a different evolutionary stages depending on how many badges the challenger has. The rest of the team would be Weavile, Lapras, maybe a pirate ship Lapras. That would be a nice regional. No, but okay. <laughs> and Snom. Anyways, this email is going on for too long. I hope you have a nice day. Ice type trainer Zachary. Lapras with a patch sounds amazing. Just the eye patch, I'm into, but like a whole like pirate ship <laughs> on its back, I'm not into, okay? <laughs> oh my god. That uh, If they ever add Lapras to Unite, that would be a fantastic hollowware for it. It would be. Uh, yeah. Put it a fake beer and a patch, and one of its fin is a peg leg. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Green Taurus badge, I think we give it to Jazz. I think so too. Jazz it is. Yeah. All right, Jazzby, you got it. Just let us know and we will give it to you. Uh, other than that, if you want to email us next week at pucklepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, the question we talked about, I, I don't even know what we talked about today because it was all over the place, but it was a little over the place. Yeah, if there's a certain way that you like to play Pokemon, what is it? Do you like to do Nuzlocks? Do you like to just play through the story as is? Do you monotype runs? Tell us. Let us know. Pucklepodcast at gmail.com. You can, of course, go ahead and uh, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, the what's not. I oh whatever those are Facebook Twitter yeah okay those are all of them um you should of course come to our Discord at PuckleDiscord.com you can help us uh, out by coming and supporting us on our video channels over at YouTube.com/slash PucklePodcast or at Twitch.tv/slash The PucklePodcast though I am not streaming this week because I will be in Monterey California for work and I will not have oh. access to my streaming gear obviously but uh, we will do that when I return. Of course, you can also uh, support the show by going over to Patreon at patreon.com slash Podcast. Get access to shiny Pokemon, uh, the ability to pick topics, which I do need to make that post today so that you guys can make a selection for a topic here in the near future. And uh, go ahead and just hang out with us in general. I, I really like uh, appreciate everybody who supports the show in that way. So yeah, uh, that is everything. So I have been Trainer Thatch. Some say it, Jishiro. And I've been Shark. And here in the Lavender Town Radio Tower, it's closing time. Yeah.